0: Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there is so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there.
1: And you're tired of the wellness fads, endless diets, and impossible standards that make you feel like nothing you do is ever enough.
0: You're ready to tune
2: into your mind and body and feel empowered around health.
0: We're the Healing Trio here to help you redesign your relationships with food, fitness, and yourself. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. I'm Maria,
1: licensed
0: mental health therapist. And I'm Tara, personal trainer.
1: Together, we're changing the narrative on health, away from diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity, and towards healthful self-care.
0: So grab your water bottle, get ready to laugh, learn, and grow, and and let's start rebranding your wellness wellness journey. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. I'm Tara, and I'm here with Elizabeth and Maria. Um, And today is part two of our Tuning Into Intuition series that we started. Um, If you haven't heard part one, it's episode 29, and it's Tuning Into Your Hunger Cues. Today, we're going to be talking about Tuning Into Your Fullness Cues. So, Elizabeth, tell us about fullness.
1: Yeah. So, as you know, in intuitive eating, we talk a lot about connecting with your hunger and fullness cues. Um, But sometimes people think, that sounds great. And also, I have absolutely no idea how to do that. I feel completely disconnected from either hunger or fullness or both. And so where do I start? Mm-hmm. So I love that last time we talked about doing the deep dive on hunger because honestly, that that is the place that we start. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people want to rush right to, but, but I overeat or I think I'm eating too much or I don't want to do that. But really, often people who feel that, well when sometimes people are under eating and that actually makes it much harder to feel your fullness. So uh, starting with hunger really is the first place that we typically start. So we you know, we've talked about that at length and now we can talk about how do you really tune into fullness? But I would love to kind of find out what questions you guys have.
2: Well, I'm just thinking that I came to a workshop that you gave some time ago, and you talked about your hunger scale or the hunger scale. And it made so much sense to me Mm -hmm. because I realized that day that I was not paying attention to my hunger cues, Mm. like listening really to my body and knowing when am I feeling hungry and when am I not. And you said something else that sometimes we wait for, you know, when we are really, really hungry to eat, and then it's different than if you were nourishing your body when you start to um, paying attention to those cues. So for me, it was life changing,
0: really, to see it that way. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, if this is life changing, I wasn't there. I need to know about the hunger yes. scale.
1: Oh, okay, so this isn't my tool. It's an intuitive eating tool, but I can teach it to you guys actually the way that I teach it to my clients. Teach me um so basically, hunger and fullness exist on a spectrum, right? Imagine a scale from one to ten. We're gonna go to five, which is the middle.
0: We don't like scales in here <laughs>
1: um <laughs> true go to, we're gonna go to five, which is the middle when you're at, and this is a way by the way, of just starting to put language around hunger and fullness of starting mm-hmm. to understand kind of what's early hunger what's later hunger what's early fullness what's later fullness what's pleasant what's not pleasant mm-hmm. so basically imagine you're out of five and now we're going to go to a four so a four it from a five to a one is the hunger end of the spectrum so if you get to a four it's I like to think of it as emerging hunger. It's still pleasant, but it's subtle. So maybe you have an increased awareness about food. Maybe you are starting to be more in tune with the smells of food around you. Maybe you're just thinking about, oh, I wonder what's going to be for lunch today. I wonder what's going to be for dinner. Those are often actually the earliest hunger cues that many people, especially feel disconnected would bypass right over that. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you get to a three on the hunger scale, that is more still pleasant hunger, but maybe it's a little bit more pronounced. Maybe you do notice that your your stomach is rumbling a tiny bit, or maybe you notice that your energy is dipping or your focus is sort of a bit off. It's what I would call pleasant hunger, more pronounced, but but, but just that, pleasant hunger. Mm-hmm. If you right. get to a two, now you're veering off into unpleasant territory. So that's maybe the best way I can describe it is hangry. You yeah. are irritable. Mm-hmm. You feel hangry. Maybe your stomach is really, really grumbling a lot. Maybe, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just feel unpleasant, uncomfortable. It's very pronounced, unpleasant hunger. And if you get to a one, that's where maybe, you know, your blood sugar is so, so low that you feel weak, you feel dizzy, you feel nauseous, you are really, really physically uncomfortable because you're overly hungry. It's mm-hmm. more one and two are urgent hunger. So it's like crisis mode.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh
1: huh. It's urgent. That's yes. when you're likely to kind of open up the fridge, open mm-hmm. up the pantry, get whatever's in front of you, mm-hmm. eat it really quickly, mm-hmm. probably not feel the best either about what you chose or or how much you end up eating because it's mm-hmm. harder to hear your fullness cues then. Sure. Um, so that's the hunger end of the spectrum. We want in diet culture, actually, we're so often taught to push off hunger, right? Mm-hmm. Hack it. Ignore it. Eat less. Eat less, right? It's all the messaging we get. and So more often than not, people are living in like the one-two land of hunger, Um and not realizing how that
0: connects with their subsequent eating behaviors. So that I feel like it's really common to not even recognize hunger until you get to like a one or a two. Yes.
2: But you know how interesting? We would never do that to your car or your phone, right? Like Mm -hmm. if your phone is, you know, battery is 10%, you ran to charge it. Or Mm -hmm. even 10%, forget about it, 65%. Mm. With your car, you would never run it if if the change oil light is on for a while. Mm -hmm. But we do it with our body. Yeah. It's
0: interesting that we seem to value items more than our own health. Yeah. Well, we're just in some ways
1: so much more sometimes even connected to our devices than we are our bodies, right? Yeah.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. It's such yes. a great point, Maria. So tell me about the fullness scale. Yeah. So, well, I just want to finish the thought, though, that so really the ideal place to think about getting something to eat is usually more around a three or a four on the hunger scale. You no. can also think of it as like a fours, maybe. I mean, this is a little bit literal, so not necessarily exactly, but like snack hunger versus meal hunger, but still pleasant hunger. Mm -hmm. So um, on the fullness end of the spectrum, now we're back at five, we're back at neutral, right? You're Mm -hmm. eating. When you get to a six, that's when you're starting to fill up, but you're not probably yet satisfied. When you, and maybe... You know, you may be starting to physically fill up, but you notice you're just not content. You're not totally you don't you don't mm-hmm. feel like you've had enough, yeah. but you're beginning to fill up. When you get to a seven, you I think of this as you are more you're physically full and emotionally satisfied. So you feel as though you've had enough food in your stomach, you're you feel content with the meal, you still feel pleasant you're you're basically feel comfortable Mm -hmm. when you get to an eight it's sort of like veering off potentially into unpleasant fullness Mm -hmm. so i always think of it as maybe that's you know when you're eating something having a meal and it just tastes so good and you know that you're probably full but you go back for seconds Mm -hmm. and then afterwards you're like kind of why
0: did i do that i sort of wish i hadn't that's like an eight
1: To me, that corresponds around the 8 on the fullness scales, like a little bit uncomfortably full. (laughs) I'm
0: like a little scared to hear a 10
1: if that's (laughs) eight. (laughs) So when you get to a 9, that is definitely unpleasantly, uncomfortably full. Maybe you feel like you need to go put on your sweatpants or you want to unbutton your pants. You just want to go lay down on the couch. You've had so much to eat that you feel like sluggish and not good. And then a 10 is maybe you've had so much to eat, you feel physically sick. You feel right. sick full. Mm-hmm. So obviously it doesn't feel good to get to kind of a 9 or a 10. Probably doesn't even feel that great to get to an 8. So you're aiming to stop eating around that 6 or 7 on the fullness scale. And it's just a way to help you understand the, the gradations, let's say, of hunger and fullness in your body.
0: I think a lot of us ignore a lot of those
1: yeah we yeah exactly what you said earlier a lot of us eat don't recognize that we're hungry until we're starving and then we don't
0: recognize we're full until it's too late right Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and of course as a therapist i'm thinking of the thoughts that that we're having when we can feel the the fullness but we don't Pay attention to them, really, because Mm -hmm. I'm thinking for me, when I have that, you know, I'm probably at an eight, but I keep eating. The thoughts are, well, you don't want to leave food on the plate because you were raised, you Mm -hmm. know, for the clean plate club. Right. Don't want to be wasteful. It's really not a good idea. Or yes, I don't want to be wasteful. Or this is so good that when am I going to have this meal again? So you think mm-hmm. the more you eat it, the longer it's going to last in your emotions. Mm-hmm. You know that. Also, like meal?
0: moralizing it, like I deserve this. I had mm-hmm. such a long week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? that's really
1: common. Mm-hmm. And also thinking that that you've done something wrong if you get too full, right? Mm -hmm. Beating yourself up, judging it. Mm -hmm. And really, I read something the other day. I think it was on social media. I'm not sure. But it basically was saying fullness is just a sensation, Mm -hmm. right? Kind of like in our previous episode, we were talking about how there's no bad emotions. Mm -hmm. Sensation is the same thing, right? Like It is a sensation of your body. We don't have to judge it. It just is. But Mm -hmm. can we understand it? And Mm -hmm. so... A lot of times, people have a fear of fullness,
2: and I see it kind of a conversation. It's like your body's really sending you a message, mm-hmm. like your body's talking to you and saying, "and saying, hey," because babies don't over.
0: Eat, no. right?
1: Not usually, usually, yeah. yeah. huh. So um, is, is, is that conversation? <laughs> yeah, made that mistake once
0: or twice. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. but even think about what you were saying a minute ago. If if we have been taught to clean our plates, mm-hmm. right? right? That is inadvertently teaching us to override mm-hmm. our fullness cues. And that's yeah. how we start to become disconnected. Correct. Or think about how many times it happens out in the world Probably I did this to my kids, too, if I'm being honest and I could really remember. Where a child says, "What? Well, I'm hungry. No, you're not hungry. It's not dinner time yet. Uh, um, yeah. Or, you know, when your kids are learning to go to the bathroom and they have to go to the, you know, I have to go to the bathroom. You can't possibly have to go to the bathroom again. Think about all the ways <laughs> we accidentally yeah.
0: condition them. To teach
1: kids to mistrust what yeah. their body's telling yes. them.
0: And so when... Same
1: with emotions, by the way. I'm sad. Yes. No, you're
0: not. Come on. You have
2: so much to... To be happy about how could you be sad? And then yeah, we yeah, minimize yeah. that too. Or like so. it hurts. No, it can't yeah, hurt that much.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that actually in a previous conversation that we were having. So then, so that's the hungerfulness scale. It can be a really helpful tool. But the reality is, even when you know that, you still may not feel like you can stop eating at a comfortable fullness point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think some other tips that I would give people are first if this is something you struggle with respecting and honoring your fullness cues or or not kind of overeating to the point of discomfort, first start by looking at hunger. Make sure you're getting enough to eat consistently throughout the day so that you're not getting to that place of urgent hunger. Mm-hmm. The next one is understand the difference between fullness and satisfaction. Totally. And I'm curious what what you guys think of when I say that.
2: Actually, it kept me thinking of okay, so fullness versus satisfaction.
0: I have an example of this. Mm-hmm. So I love salmon and green beans. We have mm-hmm. it probably once a week. Salmon, and green beans, salmon and broccoli. I love this meal. It's delicious. Whole family eats it. I'm never satisfied at the end, Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. And I am pretty sure it's because I need some sort of starch in there. I was thinking that when you were (laughs) saying it. Like, uh, what about some rice or potatoes? Yes, like I need some sort of starch. Um, And I don't always make rice or potatoes, even though those are also favorite foods of mine. Um, So even like a piece of bread, Uh you know, is like enough to give me that satiety. Um, but without it, I will definitely eat that. And then like an hour later, be like, Hey, so are you going to get ice cream or am I <laughs> <laughs> like it for sure? Because I'm so unsatisfied, even though I'm full. Yes. Yeah. And that's why satisfaction is such an
1: important and undervalued component of feeling full and actually landing on a way of eating that feels good for you. Because if you're not satisfied, You can be physically full, but not emotionally satisfied with your meal. And when that happens is usually when people continue to eat or continue to do exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm searching for different foods in the pantry later on, and I don't really love what they are, but I don't know why I'm doing
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. Like overall, you know, I don't count calories or anything like that, but if you look at it from like a calorie standpoint, having my serving of potatoes would probably be way healthier in terms of vitamins, minerals, macronutrients than, you know, the ice cream sundae from the place down the street, you know? Yeah, and we want room for both, but if you
1: know that that's a meal that doesn't satisfy you mm-hmm. and you then adding in that component would make it more satisfying, right? Yeah. Why are we not doing that? hmm
2: so, Because, wait a second, so yeah. I could have a, re, you know, I could have a large meal uh-huh. and eat it uh-huh. and feel full, uh-huh. but then it's like when you go to a restaurant and you're like, mm, that wasn't that good, I ate it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really that mm-hmm. good of a meal. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay.
1: Or, here's another example of... Perhaps you could be full but not physically satisfied. So a lot of times this happens when people are either dieting or trying to quote unquote be good with their eating, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And so maybe they have a craving for a particular type of food. Like let's say that um, I really want a brownie, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to be good, Mm -hmm. right? So I so I don't want to give myself permission to eat the brownie. So I think. I'll just go grab a a handful of grapes. Mm -hmm. And I eat the grapes, and I'm kind of thinking, all right, the grapes were good, but they're not a brownie. (laughs) And I still don't feel satisfied. So then I think...
0: Cauliflower is trying real hard, okay? Cauliflower is trying really (laughs) hard. Give it another year.
1: (laughs) Such a good point. Um, So then maybe I'm like, well, just grab a a handful of crackers. Mm -hmm. And I eat the crackers. I'm like, okay, it's still not that brownie. The brownie's still calling my name. Maybe I go grab another food or another one. And then eventually I'm like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to eat the brownie. Mm -hmm. Well, at that point, Basically, what happened is you were trying to find satisfaction in an unsatisfactory food in that moment. Mm -hmm. They call it phantom eating in intuitive eating.
2: Because you can be satisfied and not be full. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. True. Yeah. It could be the reverse, too. You can be emotionally satisfied. I had... I had something that was really good, but it didn't physically fill me up. Hooray, it wasn't... Yeah, so to find the sweet spot of comfortable fullness Mm -hmm. really includes both, typically. Mm -hmm. Right. And not every meal can be the most perfectly satisfying meal, but but that's mostly what we're going for most of the time. Mm -hmm. So what are some things, and we call them attunement disruptors, but what do you guys think are your attunement disruptors with fullness. What blocks you from feeling your fullness cues is another way of asking the question. Distraction. Hey,
0: I was thinking exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. I said it first. <laughs> yeah, distraction, distraction is a Distraction is one. huge. Like, yes. um, I find that during the day, if I ever get a break, which is rare, I love to eat my lunch while I'm reading a book. Mm-hmm. I love to read. But mm-hmm. I find, like, when I'm doing that, I'm just eating, eating, eating. You know, so, like, whatever I've packed for myself, like, I'm going to eat all of that. I'm not paying attention to, like, hey, is this enough? Am I full? You know, Mm -hmm. how am I feeling about this? I'm just eating and reading and kind of zoning out from real life.
1: Yeah, or think about bringing, you know, whatever kind of food and sitting on the couch at night while you're watching TV or even just eating in a a movie theater, right? Mm -hmm. You're probably not really focusing on how you feel in your body. We don't yeah. need, like, a gallon of popcorn?
0: <laughs> well, whether
1: you do or not, but the point is you're probably m- watching the movie at that point, yeah. right? Not tuning into your fullness yes. cues. What like else? Like, at a
2: party, for me, the distraction is at a party. I'm, like, talking to everyone yeah. and being so happy, and then I'm just eating and socializing. eating Socializing, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a big one.
1: Yeah. I also, find alcohol. The...
0: Oh, yeah, I? Speaking totally. of socializing, uh-huh. alcohol is one that can, you know, block you from really paying attention. Okay. I find the flip side happens to me at home, too, when I'm sitting at the table with a toddler. Mm -hmm. I'm so distracted with keeping his food on the table and what's he eating and, you know, what's he throwing? And is my wall getting gouged and all this stuff that by the time we're done eating, I'm like, oh, I didn't even eat half my food and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that's good. Whatever. Mm -hmm. I would rather put him to bed (laughs) and be a little hungry, maybe.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Another thing I can think of that distracts me from my food, not... Not distract me. That was the question. It doesn't make me tune with my that fullness. It just
1: disrupts your ability to tune into your fullness. Okay, competition.
2: Oh, tell Maybe. us. Yeah, I see
1: this a lot, actually. But you, <laughs> like, you describe it. Okay, like anxiety around
2: food. Like my mom, mm-hmm. for example, do not share food with my mother because she feels like it's like a competition uh-huh. like and then I start getting like anxious that I'm not gonna get enough uh-huh. when it becomes like
0: yeah like that
2: those two forks going into yes. that when you're what? when you're
1: with some sometimes when I'm dining out with my husband he eats faster than I yes. do uh, and but, if I really like it I feel like I need to yes. eat more to make sure I get it that is absolutely a yeah. common one so now I just order my
2: own food, yes. and people think I'm very rude. It's like, let's share. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. If I don't finish it, it's my problem, but we don't need to share because that makes me anxious, and that uh, yeah. I'm not tuning in with my cues. Yeah, One it's of my favorite foods example.
0: is sushi, uh-huh. and we don't go out for it very often. It's like a once a year, twice mm-hmm. a year kind of thing. But my husband's the same way, where he eats super fast, and I didn't realize this until— We went out with some friends and we just ordered like a big tray of sushi for the table or whatever. And she was like, "Oh my god, you guys are eating so fast!" And I was kind of like, "Are we?" And I was like, "Well, I have to because he's going to eat it all if I don't." (laughs) Like it, like kind of clicked for me. Like, oh, I'm just going to take what I want and put it on my plate, Mm -hmm. and then I can just eat at the pace Mm -hmm. that I would like. Yeah, what
1: a great, what a great strategy, and such a good example of how sometimes. We're not aware yeah. of what what's disrupting us, right? Or even that we are disrupted. True. Yep. So that's a lot of the work I do is help people figure out in your own life what what is the why and the underneath your eating behaviors. Because if you can understand it, you can change it. Yep. If you have no idea
0: hard to change it Mm -hmm. and it's like you know if i would have said like hey slow down i want to eat more of this i don't want you to eat it all been like take what you want yeah Mm -hmm. you know like he would absolutely have given me the whole plate of sushi but it felt really like anxiety inducing to to (laughs) have to like eat it really quickly yeah Yeah. um so another big one
1: is is dieting right if you're dieting if you're Mm -hmm. counting calories if you're intermittent fasting you're not paying attention mm-hmm. to what your body's telling you, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're just... You're tuning out on purpose. Yeah. You're exactly. trying not to feel starving. Uh-huh. Cranky. Yeah. So that, that is a big attunement disruptor. So that I probably should have led with that. But if you are struggling to tune into fullness and, and hunger, think about whether you are trying to follow dieting rules. Because if you are, that's going to make it more difficult. And then the last two, that these are these ones are kind of interesting, I think, compared to the other, other things that we've talked about so far. But lack of sleep, oh, and yes. high stress, yes, chronic, yes. chronic, or you know, being very stressed.
2: How could I not think about that? Mm-hmm.
1: Totally. Yes,
2: because when you didn't sleep well, probably you're gonna feel more hungry is that right yes like yeah body's gonna need more nourishment somehow somewhere else
1: yes and not only that but your hunger and satiety hormones shift when you have not gotten enough sleep and it will even happen after just one night of poor sleep if you really start to pay attention if there's a night when you don't sleep well you may notice you feel much hungrier the next day and it's not your imagination your those hormones actually shift so you get less leptin which yes. is the satiety hormone mm-hmm. more hunger and, and with stress um stress increases cortisol cortisol is an anabolic hormone and so yeah. it just they all it all kind of goes together so it's such a I think that's why I love what I do so much is it's really looking at the whole picture. Yes. It's not just, well, if you, if you can't trust yourself with that food, just don't bring it into your house. Or, mm-hmm. you know, just eat less. Put less on your plate. Use a smaller plate, right? Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that we're taught
0: mm-hmm.
1: in diet culture to do that really are actually just profoundly unhelpful? They're kind of like Band-Aids. Right.
2: Well, but eating and, and nourishment is a basic need. Yes. You. Your wellness cannot be, your overall health cannot be really healthy, if you are neglecting that part. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a basic need, as it is safety and and you know other and yeah. right. Um, so it's interesting how we still do it, knowing that it's the basis for so many things, because it does affect. It's the other way around. It does affect your mood, too. Mm -hmm. Or if you're under eating, that could make you more stressed and that Mm -hmm. could make you not sleep well. So it's it's a cycle that we break constantly.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think there's just so much, frankly, toxic messaging Mm -hmm. out there about not recognizing that getting enough to eat adequate nourishment throughout the day is really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, And it's hard.
0: Yeah, our, It doesn't fit into our lives like it should sometimes. That's why it's so important to prioritize yourself. Exactly. Because what else can you do if you're
2: not well-nourished? Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, that meeting that you have or that parenting that you want to improve or that relationship you want to work on is going to be hard if you don't come with fuel, you know, with the fuel that you need for
1: that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So those are some suggestions and tips if you are struggling with fullness. Hopefully that gave everyone out there some good things to think about and look at and really play around with that hunger fullness scale. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I learned a lot. You're so welcome. So, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Wellness Rebranded. If you would like to connect with us offline, we would love to connect with you. You can find me uh, at Elizabeth Harris Nutrition on Facebook and Instagram. I do also have actually a free guide five tips. On or how to five ways to get better at respecting your fullness cues. And I'll be sure to link it in the show notes.
0: And guys, where can I find you? Love that. And you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Tara De on Fitness. I'd love to hear from you.
2: And you can find me on Instagram at coaching coaching underscore therapist. And I would love to connect with you too. Have a great day!